You, you are, are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back, back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated Worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, we're here to bring you a slice of what we call 21st Century Black Radio, a mix of old and new school hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and other music from the black diaspora, as well as news, commentary, and interviews in a nice three-hour block during each week you got myself dj fusion on the mix and commentary and on the side you got my bro john judah what's going on there judah yes indeed yes indeed we are wide world it's the black people duo yes indeed it's i back old zana zana john judah here with the wonderful dj fusion uh, of course another chapter of the fuse box radio experience we love you all, and we love all you tune in, and we hope you tell your close ones and friends about us as we continue on this journey to, in this media thing, to try to give this, give people a new ring, a new thing, a new something that they could uh, digest and maybe, ah, what's the deal for you tonight? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good, and glad as always to be in the mix do another radio show much love to all of our listeners of course much love to all of our affiliate broadcast partners who get the radio show to the people and you can check out that updated list of old and new school people over at our official blog site blackradioisback.com and with the way myspace is going since that may be shutting down in the near future um, while our myspace is up still check out the myspace page myspace.com Slash Fusebox Radio. That's F U S E B O X R A D I O. And we got to shout out um two of our new broadcast partners we have on board. We got our folks over at Skyhook Radio, as well as Soul City Radio. Big ups to them peoples around the New Jersey Metro and the DC Metro for putting us down. I deeply appreciate it. We hope all the new listeners in those outlets um. Check us out and get to enjoy the show. And of course, support all of our broadcast outlets via internet radio, FM radio stations, and websites. They have a lot of great content as well. And we're glad, as always, to be a part of their various movements while we're doing our movement. And all of that good stuff. And yeah, besides on blackradiosback.com, you can go ahead and check out more information about the Fusebox Radio vibe on the web at our official website, FuseboxRadioOnline.com. That's F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O Online.com. You can get some mixtape downloads, get a brief description of our history, check out some YouTube and Vimeo videos, um, Twitter feed, Facebook feed, all that good stuff is on that one page. And if you just want to go directly to the social networks, everything ends with F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O. So Twitter.com slash FuseboxRadio. Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio, so forth and so on. Yep, yep, yep. And this week's show got a few things going on. Of course, the regular diverse mix of old and new school black diasporic music. We got a new Media Minute segment from our folks over at Free Press. We got a new Black University Radio Network 
segment, the direct effects segment, and we also have a new Black Agenda report. Also in the mix, we have a special um, documentary um, talking about how families are affected by the um, United States prison system from the fine family over at Free Speech Radio News. Big ups to them. So that's a little something extra we got going on. So plenty of different audio joints and stuff for your ears. So check it out. Big ups to our writing family over at Planetill at planetill.com and Ohelnall at ohelnallblog.com. You can check out the diverse articles there. Um, in decent exposure, I'm bigging up um, lots of independent artists from all over the world over at Planetill. And the Mixtape Mondays column, as well as um, once these new releases start happening, you know, first quarter is kind of dry music wise. New Music Tuesdays over at ohelnallblog.com. Um, as part of the staff, I write reviews and stuff over there. And lastly, um, February 3rd, for my people in the D.C. metro area, I'm going to be one of the 16 presenters over at Ignite D.C. If you're familiar with stuff like the um, TED Talks and I think the 140 Conference and stuff like that, Essentially, it's a bunch of people within a short time frame. This time it's around five minutes presenting just different ideas on all types of subjects. So there's like a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, I'm hitting up the music and there's people hitting up arts, sciences, technology, social um, scenarios, all types of jazz. And um, it should be a good look. Definitely check out their website. We're definitely honored to be a part of um, the event. Ignite dash dc.com you can also go to blackradiosback.com click on the ignite dc logo see what's going on check out you know brief descriptions about what everybody's going to present and rsvp and come through if you can it's mad cheap it don't cost a whole bunch of crazy money you know get some good food eats networking on and you know if you want to actually hear me babble live besides on the radio or via the keyboard that'd be one chance to do it you know, I'm friendly. I ain't physically threatening. So come through and say hey if you can. And it's an early event too, 6 to 10 p.m. over in Washington, D.C. So check that out. So, yeah, I've been doing the long promotional ramble and all that. Sorry there, Judah. But, you know, had had to get the info in. Had to get the info in. And, yep, um, just get into a bit of commentary before we get into and start rocking the fuse box radio show and radio vibes let me see here of course there's always times that weeks are livelier than others in regards to the news this week was um this week was semi-lively a few really big things and just some other random stuff i wanted to head up and talk about um, for people who know the Fusebox Radio Vibe, and for those who are new to the Fusebox Radio Vibe, we're very big in terms of what we call media literacy and media democracy. And a lot of that is just pretty much a focus on however you access news, entertainment, etc., what's really going on, and how the people can make an impact on that, whether it's in the boardrooms or beyond. Uh, one situation that happened this past week, which was well, unfortunately kind of inevitable but it's going to i think have rippling effects in the future is that the cable company comcast just um combined with nbc universal the fcc officially approved that this past week 
Now, supposedly concessions were made so it wouldn't be as crucial as it sounds. We're not going to really know what happened until things get in motion. And I know on my end, if people think things are not so hot now in terms of diversity of television programming and things of that sort, where there's going to be an economic basis on certain things, much less a societal basis to stuff, and you'll have like only a few people controlling what gets out there to the vast majority of people, that can cause a serious problem. And, uh, I mean, again, we're going to see how this folds, but... You know, at at the moment, I can't help but to feel kind of nervous. You got any thought on that there, Judah? No, I think you covered that well. Okay, okay. That's one um, definitive thing. Also, um, for my people who are dealing with legal situations, um, don't check those emails at your 9 to 5 between your lawyer. Um, A court rule, excuse me, over in Sacramento, California... That attorney-client emails are not private if you open them at work. In other words, because you're supposedly you're using somebody else's system to check the net stuff, and you know a lot of jobs right now they have either random tracking or actual tracking how people get on the web. Um, yeah, people can find out your business. So I hope if you have a smartphone, you can dip to computer lab or something that you go ahead and handle that business. This case came from when a, an employee ended up getting fired because of that, and they had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, information that was in the emails, and they went through a wrongful termination case. So, to a certain degree, it's like how I function with certain stuff. Like, if I know there's something that might be crucial, I'm not checking it on my work computer. I mean, I'm blessed to have a job where I have a net, you know net access. And I don't do anything too bugged out anyway. But, you know, certain stuff, I'm like, I don't want that to be somebody's business. So, you know, dip to the computer lab, wait to check it. Or if you got a smartphone, check that joint on your smartphone. And, you know, just leave it be. So, yeah, that story is just some food for thought. Um, Also, what's going on? Um, With the Arizona shooting, the... um, the accused shooter Jared Lochner has been officially igni- <clears throat> indicted by a federal grand jury. And we'll see how that case goes. And um, so far, um, they're saying that the congresswoman that was shot, um, Representative Gifford, is kind of having a miraculous type recovery. She's supposed to be going to physical therapy in a few days. So I think that's one of those things where... I think the old folks adage goes, you don't know when your time's coming. No doubt. I mean, she was shot, supposedly from the video that's recently, um, the police have seen and talked about, they're talking about that she was like, he rolled up on her and shot her directly in the head. And while not being able necessarily to do too much verbal communication, she's able to do a whole bunch of other types of communication right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how everything goes and whether Homeboy is a nut or was influenced, as far as I'm concerned, by extremist nuts, because America can have extremists too. Don't let the mainstream news get, get it twisted. No, no. Um, people need to be on the lookout. It, it only takes a few things for some people to lose that basic veneer of civility and go someplace else. I mean, you know, this dude started indiscriminately shooting people who were sitting down in the grocery store. After he shot her So that was somebody who just didn't care 
you know, a nine-year-old girl got shot. Homeboy didn't care. And to think that that's just a random example, I think, is unfortunately very, very foolish. So, we'll see how that type of stuff goes. Let's see, anything else major news-wise? Oh, one story that kind of bugged me out, and I think some people may agree or disagree with this particular story. There was a study that tracked a bunch of students going through four early years of college in the United States. And they were said that large numbers of students by that study didn't learn um, the processes that too well of critical thinking, complex reasoning, and writing skills that are assumed to be a core for a lot of people of what a college education is. Now, I look at it like this from my particular experience. Um, critical thinking in the, in the college realm, if it's not already happening in terms of you basing your own opinion and trying to figure certain things out, um, in college, that's going to really depend on the instructors that you have. Their instructors who just want you to regurgitate what they say. Bottom line. And with some school systems, that's what some people grew up with too all their life. But now, economically, and in other ways, I think it's starting to show that there's a fissure in that. There's a kind of a big problem in that situation. And with this story... Um, they do a nice um, summary of this on the alternate website and I quote many students graduate without knowing how to shift fact from opinion make a clear written argument or objectively review conflicting reports of a situation or event according to New York University sociologist Richard Aram lead author of the study the students for example couldn't determine the cause of an increase in neighborhood crime or how to best respond with, without being swayed by this is my um, emphasis here by emotional testimony and political spin so sometimes I guess when people see these extreme well in terms of how how mainstream extreme can go I guess viewpoints where you know you have some people like man if I don't see it on I don't know just to pull it out the air MSNBC or Fox News and I ain't gonna believe it it's really making a crazy effect on people right now. And it's showing via this um, really reputable study. So that's really nervous. And one of the things the study said was, you know, this was the type of thing that should have been taught to students from grades K to 12. This is supposed to be, for one thing, something that should be happening at college. And secondly, if college isn't trying to sharpen your skills, and, you know, a lot of people in some way, shape, or form are paying out of pocket for college. That's a real issue, you know. Book learning is nice. I'm a big fan of it, as people, you know, may know. But you got to be able to balance out both things. Otherwise, you know, you're just being a sponge. And unfortunately, in this country, America's raising a lot of sponges. And it's not going to get any better if people don't make us change and step up um, from that level. So I definitely want to bring that up. I thought that might be interesting um, to the audience and yourself there, Judah. You got any thoughts on that? No, I think you covered that one. Cool, cool, cool. Let me see here. Um, what else do we have? That's a story I actually want to talk in depth about later on. Oh, the Haiti situation. I'm sorry, this this entire situation is suspect as hell. Um 
Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier is now in Haiti after years of being in exile. Um, supposedly, he's um, going to be going to court for corruption and some other stuff. And we'll see how that develops. You know, his lawyer's kind of talking some smack like he might be interested in running for president. Now, Haiti is, has already gone through a hell of a lot of stuff. The situation over there is still rather unstable from the past year um, since the earthquake around Port-au-Prince. And I can't be the only person on earth who just thinks that this guy who in the modern day history of the West Indies along with his father, you know, caused some serious wreck in that country to the point where they had to overthrow him and kick his ass out. You know, thousands of people getting killed, lots of people um, leaving the country, so forth and so on, through the 60s, 70s, 80s. That he just able to fly back in like it's all good. And no other country is protesting. Especially because, let's say somebody like um, Aristide, who the, who the states and some other countries did not like. I'm not saying he was perfect. We're not hearing about him being able to, to, to fly in and come back. You know what I'm saying? You know, Baby Doc supposedly took away, you know, $300 million from the country. And he was able to fly back in and, you know, right now be kind of on some some semi-house arrest stuff. Somebody's playing games. Somebody's playing some serious, um, serious games. And with the old school history, you know, these were cats who were backed up by the CIA. And other stuff So this is not necessarily just paranoia This is stuff that you can pull up Research and see what's going on That's right And with Haiti always having had A certain strategic Um Excuse me A strategic place In terms of how a whole bunch of countries Want to deal with stuff As well as you know The hundred years grudge Since they were one of the first um, countries Where people of black descent You know Kicked out the colonialist. That's right. You know, there, there, there's a lot of funny, funny, funny business going on, and we're just gonna see how that develops. And for me, seeing how our mainstream news just kind of lets it fly, at least here in the states. You know, I've seen you know more in-depth coverage from certain other media outlets. It's just a weird thing. Oh, no. It's it's just very very weird, and um, we're gonna see how some stuff plays out and how some things goes. Um, you got anything on that there, Judah? No, no, you good on that one. Okay, okay. And, um, let me see here. Um, two quick, um, things on the music level. Um, first off, that, um, documentary, the Tribe Called Quest documentary is supposed to premiere at the 2011 Sundance Festival. No doubt. And I'm curious to see how that goes. The Beach Rhyme and Life documentary by um, Michael Rappaport. I know there were some issues about it for a little bit. In terms of, you know, Q-Tip disagreeing with some of the stuff that may be shown during it. Since it was supposed to cover, you know, their basic history to when they broke up to when I guess people started to reunite back on the um, tour scene or whatever again. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes down. People can check out extra information about it at a tribe called Questmovie.com. Oh, 
and yeah it, it it'll be interesting i mean like part of me is like i can understand people wanting to have some rain over it but also it's a documentary somebody points a camera at you if you're not doing it it's not going to make everybody look clean that's just how stuff works so you know we'll we'll see what's what i mean these are definitely some pioneer cats especially in what i think what some call the latter golden age of hip-hop especially in the mainstream realm and who on the solo end and um, on other ends are still doing some real nice work now. So we'll see what's up. I think Tribe Called Quest is probably one of the more influential um, acts that hip hop has ever produced. I think they, they, they kind of, their position, they were able to touch like a variety of different people who different styles of hip hop and different styles of music. In a way that some groups couldn't, and um, and in the end, in a way that a groups who made a lot of money did. So you know what I'm saying. And just I like hearing them from the very, very beginning till now. I've always been a fan of Tribe Called Quest, and I think um, their history. If 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 some good history comes out about comes out about them, I think that'll be good. And I mean, it looks like it's, it's stuff comes out about them that the group wants to come out. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I think everybody, you know, wants, you know, to, to be presented in a certain way, in an accurate way, and not to be spun in a way that, you know, is disagreeing or inaccurate to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? But that's a, that's a very, that, I mean, you know, there, there are certain people who are on the air now been on the air for the last maybe five years, ten years, who who are very much a part of that style that they they pioneered from the late eighties on. There's a lot of this, 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 you know, you know, that regular dude style. They were doing that, you know, back when you know, a couple decades ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now I hope the best of them and, them and and they get some new music out. No doubt, no doubt. And lastly, for my um, old school music people, um, R.I.P. to promoter and rock producer Don Kirshner. He passed away um, this past weekend. While I know for my generation per se, if I didn't like, um, had wasn't hip to certain things, wouldn't necessarily be familiar with him. But he was a major force in um, promoting a lot of acts in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. <clears throat> Excuse me. He ended up um, having a show called Don Kirshner's Rock Concert that was on from 1973 to 1981. That was on ABC. That was strictly live performances by a whole lot of people. So people like Houdini, the Rolling Stones, the Ramones, um, Leonard Skinner, LaBelle. Um, as a matter of fact, I um, had a brief conversation um, via Twitter this week with Nona Hendrix. And she was talking about that Don Kirshner was one of the first guys who really put them on a certain platform on TV. And a whole lot of other things. Like um, type in Don Kirshner's rock concert on YouTube. You'll see a lot of um, dope clips of groups that were killing it back in the day. Putting on some really, really um, awesome performances. And he was one of those guys who was like really big in promoting music diversity. So, you know, on that level alone, we definitely had to give um, him a lot of props. 
and on YouTube you'll see like the Jimmy Cliff videos, um, the LaBelle video I was telling about, and um, a whole bunch of other cool stuff. And you saw people like really going in during those shows. So getting that platform for you know some people might not have been on a certain platform, especially with the punk rock people, like the Ramones and stuff. Um, that was um kind of deep. Also on another low for all of my people who are more into pop music and that type of trivia. Um, he ended up um, backing and putting together the songs for the Monkees and the Archies. So this dude had money just off of that. Much less, you know, doing other types of stuff. And he also had a publishing company that um, helped push a lot of songs from various people. Well, everybody from um, Carol King to stuff by Phil Spector and a whole bunch of other stuff so this was a foundational music person behind the scenes so just something i definitely wanted to note and um you know big ups to him and um condolences to his um family and friends from our corner around this way and i'm um, finally quick note peep new american idol i was kind of bored truth be told um, Jennifer Lopez, um, Steven Tyler, and um, that Randy Jackson, Canada Judges, and um, they. I like Steven Tyler personally. He just seemed to be that that crazy old rocker uncle who just said whatever he wanted to do, but he wasn't like you know all crass or anything. But I don't know. I was um talking to Judah earlier. I was like. You know, I know Paula Abdul was on there before. She wasn't necessarily a singer. I know that um, Simon Cowell wasn't necessarily a singer. But I think they knew what they did in music and everything else. And honestly, to me, J-Lo just don't cut it. I'm sorry. She's an entertainer. She was never really a dope singer. Well, one thing is for sure is that I gave up on Idol years ago. Uh, it's unfortunate that Steve Tyler's on there now because if he was on there earlier, I definitely would have paid more attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, Steve Tyler's probably the best judge that they've had on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Paula and, uh, no, I'll go as far as to say Steve Tyler's probably the best judge that they got on there second to Randy. Mm-hmm. In other words, I think he's better than Paula and Saint and Tyler. In the sense of, I think, you know, being a real musician, having a career in it, being a classic rock musician, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that adds a dimension. And I think having, you know, maybe a certain approach at dealing with artists and being an artist. Mm-hmm. I think that um, nobody else who's on them, who they've gotten on there, something like that. So big up to him and I get the change and, you know, him, you know, and, you know, Hopefully it can do good, but, you know, I just don't really deal with idols like that. Nah, I, I feel you. I mean, it's not necessarily my thing. Like, every once in a while, I watch the beginning shows just to see some of the crazy people who try to perform. But, you know, I was curious to see how it goes. And maybe it's one of those things that'll mesh well, but this first time around, it was kind of like, meh, whatever. And lastly, real quick, speaking of meh, um, look, I have given up. I will officially announce this. I have given up on Dr. Dre ever dropping detox. Another date came and flew. You know what I'm saying? I graduated from college when they first started talking about detox. The singles that dropped to me have not been really that hot. I'm not even really expecting it to be worth the hype no more. 
I'm I'm just kind of partly expecting something decent. This is becoming like the hip hop version of Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy. By the time it drops, you're probably not gonna really even be two phased. And you know, to me, it's kind of crazy. Like you have a generation of kids who don't even know who the hell Dr. Dre Bailey is, besides the kid who sells headphones. And, and goes yeah on a track. And as a music person, yeah, I, I would like to be proven wrong and have an album where I like hear the beats, and I'm like, damn, that's awesome. But you know, by this juncture, he'll probably end up dropping another pair of headphones, and I'll probably be able to buy a unicorn that makes smoothies before that damn album drops. And it's hot. Well, one thing I'll say about Dr. J's project is most of the time a stellar project. Um, and one, and the, another thing I'll say is that normally, if, if you check when the chronic first kind of came out and the second one, mm-hmm. and good, two things happened. People were influenced by it, those projects, and people who weren't influenced by it made strong projects because they knew another strong project was out there. Not necessarily in competition, but mm-hmm. just, to, you know, and I guess in a way there was competition, but in a, in, in a friendly way, in, but in the sense that, well, somebody else is out there doing it hot, then, so I got to do something out there. And if you look at the dates of when the albums came out and the music that came out afterwards, you know, a lot of dope stuff came out afterwards, and majority of people, I think, were influenced by that. Um, Production-wise and, and song, you know, putting together a song-wise, you know what I'm saying? So I hope the best for them cats. And um, Jay's been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, you know, you know, cats like him, Ice T, and um, you know, even cats back in the East, you know, Cool G Rap, or other type of cats. You know, those are the type of cats that you know, you know, if rock cats can continue to do it, and if uh, uh, cats from other genres can continue to do it and get be older, then why can't hip hop be that way? You I mean, it's definitely not an age thing for me. As long as you make good music, I don't care. I'm just tired of the hype wagon. It's like the, the, the second people are just like whatever is when the hype wagon starts. I'd honestly rather everybody just shut up, put out a date, we see some ads, and then see it in the store or on iTunes. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's getting to be the point it's a bad joke. You know what I'm saying? It's like I said, like I feel more likely that I'm going to go and have a leprechaun give me a pot of gold on the corner of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King than get detox anytime the next three to six months. But I don't know. 
whatever i hope for a good music project i think that's what everybody wants at the end of the day whether it's somebody from the older generation or the newer generation and we'll see what goes down but in the meantime you know stop these little youtube teasers stop everybody babbling about it just shut up and put out a dope project that's all you know like some of y'all don't need no flip cams no more y'all need no twitter accounts no more just crank out a good project and and have that stand on its own and prove itself that's all i'm saying but yeah man we we've been getting some talking it's about time to get to this radio show i know people like where's the music where's documentary where's the commentary all that good stuff we about to get into that it's the syndicated fuse box radio broadcast dj fusion john judah bringing some fly dope music to your ears weekly 21st century black radio all right peace Listening to Fusebox Radio.
música de voz de y serás el más inteligente de tu peña. Sigues en Strictly Jabugo, estás con nosotros, los hijos de puta más del palo. Hemos vuelto, como no, para traerte la nueva mandanga de Chacho Brodas. Se llama Siente mi Funk. Funky feeling, baby. No lo olvides, Chacho Brothers. Strictly Jabugo.
I'ma just eat pasta, turkey, Italian sauces, chopped up kielbasa. Doing hits from home like an elite monster. Love my onions diced up real little, wiped up. Got he trench when it's real brittle. Poke your nose is where I go with the capos. Eleven Sammy the bulls, ready to whack those. I'm half black yo, half oregano. That's half Italian yo. Who he? I'm from that Allen yo, Staten. Crushing is like aspirin. Commissioner Kelly, I kill your captain. That's word to my b- that's laid off. That old patch in the b- word, I ate it all. Team move with hands in the air like Adolf. Hand me a big joint, bet I spray it all.
the mug shots Like we do away with the day when the sun drops Clap your hands if you tired of hearing gunshots Or hearing news about who got popped By another black man or I'm not gonna white cop If I ain't there when it start, I'm there when the fight stop Like ox, slow your roll and be cold as a ice pop yeah. We gotta start helping each other, quit hurting each other Money you having, thinking about murking his mother How does it feel being slaves to a dollar bill? Give me you something y'all can feel, y'all be real MC Light, you're checking out the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip-hop and R&B from all over. We the 
original, they are synthetic, rather artificial, cool to somebody try to test some Mr. Issue, why you even listening to that dude, compared to my team, they are miniature in stature, goals for a commercial rapper, a backpacker, trying to see the whole world outside of the atlas, you can stay stuck here, remove the cactus, veteran game time, be feeling like practice, get us in the booth, it's in, wait for the classic, just a little bit of rap, to avoid the distraction, you can play back, every song on the track list, understand that there are some things you may not get, that's a common characteristic of lyricists, I be on my day job, screaming this some bullshit, still be on my job, cause my name is on the mortgage, Try and get my hands on some grants like Horace All about the Benjamins, pockets not big nor puffy After Uncle Sam rough me, take that About to go ape shit, nah nigga ain't rich Still push the Lex with the tape deck Ain't that cold like Anchorage North of the equator, I'm trying to get this paper Inhale the vapor, see through, breathe through the mask like Vader I'm raw from hello to the farewell Right like Martin Luther King in the jail cell Riding down Martin Luther King on the A4 Finna hop the train about the game what I prayed for, the Lord said go, what would I stay for, I'm looking at the front door for the main source, now I lose less and gain more, like a camp, get the money, fuck the fame whore, I ain't even gotta say much, listen to the beat bang, the guards flow hard, work the A-Song from Wu-Tang, flown on the A-Train since I was in the fifth grade, So candy bar just to get changed, you know where I'm from, listen to the street slang, BK all day, Brooklyn, Black King, been through so much, I'm immune to the pain, my team don't bluff, and we don't play games, say they so tough, sweet like candy canes, nothing is new to us, they all sound the same, wish it wasn't true, but it is, they following the yellow bricks like the Wiz, trash rap hurting my ears, I redeem team, bringing that culture back, city been on for so long, putting yours on the map, this for DC, MDBA cats, for the whole world, if it's real, where you at? We the authentic, never mind them other dudes Old fashioned theories with the futuristic attitude Real ninja, all black, shinobi shit, you know I'm with Powerful and ace till they blow this bitch Godzilla, name whole weight like a muscle All your baby mom, reflection of our culture Which is Islam, peace Mistakers for a game, thank you Manji Blow like we did the relatives of the Marlies I'm a black star, most deaf like Quali And I rep up and up everywhere that I be You can have nothing nowadays, nah I mean I'm sure you've seen the seven devils trying to steal your dream Style symbolizes shield toe without laces All black hood, so we all self-racist Everyday struggle, man, we dying just to live here And I bet they probably make it worse with that health care When mass murderer and mega-thief Jean-Claude Bibidoc Duvalier dares to return to the scene of his and his father's crimes without expectation of immediate imprisonment or worse, then we know that the rule of law has been utterly destroyed by the foreign occupiers of Haiti. From 1957 to 1986, the Duvaliers terrorized the Haitian population, killing or disappearing tens of thousands. Baby Doc is believed to have stolen nearly a billion dollars from his homeland before the Americans airlifted him to extravagant exile in France. 
25 years ago. He would not have had the nerve to return if he did not think it was all right with the United States, the real overlord in Haiti. Haiti's poor excuse for a president, René Preval, must also think Baby Doc is under United States protection. Preval had vowed to arrest Duvalier if he ever made good on his threat to return, but state prosecutors could only summon the courage to pay a polite visit to Duvalier at his hotel in Port-au-Prince. Later, they accompanied him briefly to a government office and then escorted him back to his hotel. No handcuffs were ever in evidence. This is what happens when a nation's sovereignty is stolen. The lowest criminals on earth can simply fly into Haiti and book a hotel room, but the local authorities fear to do anything until the United States speaks to the issue. In Haiti, Washington's word is law. The Preval regime is helpless to seize the criminal, Duvalier, thief of the nation's treasury and executioner of its sons and daughters, unless the United States gives its permission. Observers with a sense of legal decorum and decency wonder how the Americans will turn Duvalier's visit to their advantage somehow. If they have Duvalier ejected from Haiti, then Washington can pretend to be an even-handed overlord who keeps out former dictators as well as the democratically elected president, Jean-Bertrand d'Aristide, whom they booted out in 2004. The Americans are so morally bankrupt they may actually believe there is moral equivalence in keeping both Aristide and Duvalier out of the country. But then, of course, if Aristide had shown up unannounced, he would never have made it out of the airport without being put under arrest. Whether the Americans realize it or not, or even care or not, Duvalier's arrival cannot help but accentuate the imperial nature of U.S. policy towards Haiti. If there is one living man on earth that vast majorities of Haitians want imprisoned or dead, it is Baby Doc. If he is allowed to leave a free man, or in the craziest of all worlds, remain in Haiti as a free man, the world will assume that is Washington's choosing. Meanwhile, the Institute for Justice and Democracy in Haiti and an international lawyers association are demanding that the Haitian government comply with Haitian law and arrest ex-president Jean-Claude Duvalier. They insist Duvalier is not protected by any statute of limitations because his offenses are crimes against humanity. It will be interesting to see how the American bosses wiggle their way out of this one, but then They've already shown that they can steal a whole country in the full light of day and call it legal. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to www.blackagendareport.com. Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. <laughs> You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. Panic attack and the pink and the plastic, the perfume and spastic. Choked on my shoe in the change room, I think on my mushrooms. 
Why did I leave my place up in the trees for a pit full of clean looking grease? Oh, why did I leave my place up in the trees for a pit full of clean looking grease? Layla, remember your cover, the world's not your lover. And don't neglect to wear your human suit, they'll think you're a strange fruit. Everything's going along swimmingly. I'm at home biting my sheet. Eating blood oranges in my bed. Wishing to be more discreet. Holland will become a river and there'll be no evil. The polar bear gets a frozen liver and he knows we'll shiver. Why did I leave my place up in the trees for a pit full of clean looking grease? Everything's going long swimmingly, I'm at home biting my sheet Eating blood oranges in my bed, wishing to be more discreet Everything's going long swimmingly, I'm at home biting my sheet Eating blood oranges in my bed, wishing to be more discreet I'd rather be that mad lady in the attic Ooh. Panic attack and the pink and the plastic The perfume and spastic And don't neglect to wear a human suit They'll think you're a strange fruit Listening to Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion. There's a miracle with me and you, but these miracles don't last forever. If there's something that my words could do, I would say whatever. So I close my eyes and make a wish That this moment doesn't pass And if I could give you one last gift I would make them stop time and dance like we own the world 2010 I wanna do it all again 2010 About what we might do But we never find the time to do it This year I changed my mind Watch me, watch me help you through it 2010 I wanna do it all again 
So I close my eyes and make a wish That this moment doesn't pass And if I could give you one last gift I would make them stop time and dance Like we own the world 2010 I wanna do it all again
This is Chuck D. of Public Enemy. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Harder than you think. It's a magnificent blessing. Fountain motor. Okay. 
the tidily bring. Selassie is the king for all princess and prince. Selassie is the king with good tidily bring. Selassie is the king for all princess and prince. Tell them one thing, no put no man before him. Yeah, King Selassie, and I him and adore him. Stress me, say, keep all praise. This is love on Pagan and them nasty ways. The blessings around the kingdom, chant around the king, arrest the man, crown the king, and he's our only king. Seek up with the black woman, he's no lonely king. Every nation of a bow before the king. Celestia is our king, with all his good tidings. Celestia is the king, from creation, from the beginning. Celestia is the king. Selassie is the king for all princess and prince. Yeah. I know you wonder where all that was gone when all the world is closing in. And you feel like you don't have a friend. That's the time you will trust in Princess and Prince I'm feeling highly What a lovely mood Yeah, Rastafari Leading the multitude Yeah, the conquering Lion of the tribe of Judah Be of good faith And carry good attitude Rastafari Who never let his children try Rastafari Guide and protect me every day Selassie is the king Over and over everything Selassie is the king, our righteousness him bring. Selassie is the king, with good tidings he brings. Selassie is the king, for all princess and prince. Welcome to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey. We've all heard stories of unwitting consumers racking up astronomical overages on their cell phones. Their inadvertent data usage costs them hundreds, even thousands of dollars. This kind of bill shock could be avoided if wireless carriers would institute mechanisms for consumers to track their data usage in real time. Last October, the Federal Communications Commission proposed a ruling that would require wireless carriers to notify their subscribers when they near their data limit and disclose overage fees. Several consumer groups filed comments applauding the FCC's approach, including the National Consumers League. John Breo is the vice president of public policy at NCL. He says the options currently available to manage data use are insufficient. They vary greatly from carrier to carrier as far as how useful they are or the methods that consumers can use. Oftentimes, some of the best features that would help consumers avoid bill shock cost a fee to use. And we think that in order to both 
provide a baseline of consumer protection across all wireless carriers, there needs to be action at the Federal Communications Commission to put this in place. The commission is calling on wireless carriers to provide real-time alerts to users when they're exceeding their allotment and alerts when they are incurring high roaming charges. Breo and the other consumer groups think the FCC's proposed rules are common sense. But the groups think that the commission should provide even more protection to users. They want what they're calling a circuit breaker mechanism that would require consumer consent to allow the usage to continue when they are in danger of running up more fees. So, for example, if you hit your limit for text messaging that month, you would receive a text message from your carrier saying that you're at your limit. Further text messages will cost you X. And do you agree to that? Yes or no. And if you don't agree to it, then you just wouldn't be able to use text messages until the billing cycle resets or you agree at a later date to those fees or you purchase an additional plan or an additional bucket of text messages. And the same can be said for additional voice minutes or additional data. The FCC bill shock proceeding is open for comments from the public until February 11th. You can go to FCC.gov and respond to dockets 10-207 and 09-158. You can also send letters and emails to the FCC. And you can let your state utility commission know that this is an issue you care about. In just a few short months, hundreds of people from all over the country will be descending on Boston for the 5th National Conference for Media Reform, a three-day conference in April devoted to the intersections of media, technology, and democracy. Carolisa Berg-Powers, the co-director of the nonprofit youth media organization Press Pass TV in Boston, is also a member of the local host committee helping to organize the conference with Free Press. Powers first attended NCMR in 2008 in Minneapolis as a scholarship recipient. She had a powerful experience and said the conference is a critical organizing space for people who want better media for their communities. To me, the most important thing about conferences is the ability to sort of re-energize and rededicate people to their collaborative work. Getting to talk to organizations that have been around a lot longer than us was really inspiring for us and helps to not reinvent the wheel, but also connects you to a whole network of people so that you don't feel isolated in your work. This year, the conference will include nearly 300 speakers and performers and will give folks the opportunity to attend workshops and panels about creating new media models, supporting public journalism, preserving free speech online, and building a more diverse media landscape. For Powers, NCMR also holds a special place in her heart. It's where she met her husband, Jordan Berg Powers, then outreach coordinator for Free Press. We got to talk a few times over the three days that we were there in Minneapolis and then exchanged information and started dating soon after and now been happily married for a year and a half. (laughs) As powerful corporations take control of the Internet and the mainstream media produces vapid reporting and often inflammatory punditry, Powers says now is the critical time to organize for a better future. We're at a real turning point moment right now where those of us that believe that the media can feed a more positive vision of our lives and our communities need to come together and really talk about how we bring it back to that. So I think that if you think you should come, you probably should, and that we need your voice in that conversation. The conference will be held at the Boston Seaport April 8th through 10th. To find out more and to register for the conference, visit freepress.net. To find out about Powers Organization, visit presspasstv.org. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. Now listening to Fusebox Radio, DJ Fuse.
on her hands. Teasing me just like Tika did Martin. Now look at what you're starting. Schoolboy crushing it in my life. The whole world see it, but you can't. My people, they complain, sitting grave and red. Your name is out my mouth like an ancient chant. Got me like a dog as a frozen pet. This is Free Speech Radio News. Today we bring you a special documentary from Shannon Heffernan, Time on the Outside. As the population of people in prison continues to grow at an exponential rate, another population is also growing. People with loved ones behind bars. Reporter Shannon Heffernan spent time with families dealing with incarceration in Illinois. The struggles these families experienced, as well as the alternative solutions being explored, reflect national trends. Where she only uses first names, it's at the request of interviewees for privacy. When you put a person in prison, it has a ripple effect. There was someone who was there, and now they're not. The rings of that ripple can include employers, friends, or neighbors. But the first ring, the ring closest to the center, is almost always the family. Jamel, did you find a white shirt? You got ready pretty mighty fast. Did you brush your teeth? Did you wash your face? Yashika is 26 years old. Four years ago, her mother was incarcerated on a drug charge, and Ashika started taking care of her three brothers and two nieces. He got ready mighty fast, and I have to make sure these kids' teeth are brushed, faces are washed. The oldest child is 17, the youngest just a baby. As you'll hear in the background, they also have two parakeets. Ouch! Dropping some things. Destiny, did you put the deodorant on? I've been waiting four years for my mom to get out. I have to, like, leave college to come and take care of the kids. And I was pretty sad, but I have to nip it in the bud because I have to be here for these children. I'm following Nashika around the house, talking while she cleans, because it's nearly impossible to catch her with some quiet time. Cleaning up around the house like crazy. You know, getting ready for my mom to come home. I told her that she has to be real strong and she got to, you know, you know, be here for me and the kids or whatever. It's a month before her mother is going to be coming home after four years of incarceration. Nishika has already applied to return to school after her mother is back. She's also really looking forward to dating. It's been hard to find men her age who don't mind that she's raising teenagers. You know, I haven't, you know, started my family yet, but I, I really want a family. All right. Find me a good husband and everything. You know, I have a special bond with this baby because she thinks that I'm her mom. Uh, yeah, I'm recording you. You're mad. You must want a bottle. I can't, like, leave out and go out or whatever. I can't do that. It's, it's, it hurts, but I had to sit back and look at it. I chose to, you know, put my re- put my life on hold for this. It was me, you know, because who, who would have did this? You know, he, they would have been in foster care or whatever. And why didn't you want them in foster care? I have a sister right now where I don't know where she's at. Did she get taken into foster care? Yeah. 
She was a year old when she came again. She got taken away. And I did not want to lose my brothers and nieces and not be able to see them and not know where they is. Like my sister, I don't know where she is, you know? Families like Nashika's have many reasons to want to avoid foster care. If a child is in foster care for a year and a half, a parent can lose their parental rights permanently. So people with even relatively short sentences get out and never see their child again. This creates for both the mother inside and the child on the outside a tremendous sense of loss and lack of feeling in control of their own lives. That's Ellen Berry, founding director of Legal Services for Prisoners with Children. Barry says that children who are raised with a family member, like a grandparent, are more likely to stay in contact with their parent and to be raised in their own culture. But family members receive little support from the government, such as financial assistance for child care or medical visits. In contrast, um, non-relative foster parents um, receive very healthy stipends. Um, That isn't to say that there might not, in fact, be the need for those resources. It's just that the relative families are denied those resources. Barry says having equal access to financial support is especially important when you consider the additional cost of having a parent in prison, like visits. Many prisons are in rural areas, but most prisoners' families live in urban centers. Because of the lack of transportation and the fact that, like many families, Nashika can't afford a reliable car or gas, she doesn't visit that often. But I do talk with her. I get a call. She calls me, like, every week. And it's very expensive for those phone calls to come in. Something like $130 a month. Phone calls made from prison are expensive because states contract private companies to manage the calls. Those private companies can charge families as much as they want because they literally have a captive audience. And most states take a kickback from those fees, which means that families' prison phone bills are helping to fund the prison industry. This lack of easy communication when a person is in prison means that when they do come home, even close relationships can feel foreign. Well, my mom would be home Friday. I'm glad. I'm pretty, I'm happy. It could be, it's confusing to me, too. It's going to be confusing to the kids, too. It's a transition where they got to look at the fact that my mom will be coming home and she'll be taking over. But when Ashika's mom does come home, she can't move in with the family. They all live in public housing, and public housing has restrictions on people with drug records. Since Nishika's mom has absolutely nothing, no job, no house, no money, the children end up living with Nishika. Well, it, it has been hard. It's, it's, she's, she's trying to accomplish a lot of things. Nishika's mom spends a lot of her days in drug treatment programs and job training. She's trying to get together the details of her life, like getting a driver's license. She, she tried to come around every day and everything, but at the same time she had programs to go to. But when she got released from prison, you know, the baby yeah. didn't know her. Yeah. Nishika's mom didn't want to talk on tape or be identified by name. But it's clear she's trying to reconnect with the kids. She takes them out whenever she gets downtime, and she's brought them new clothes, even though she's still looking for a job. But when I visit five months after the release, Nishika still has the kids. She hasn't had time to enroll in school, and she looks even more stressed out than before. Go put a belt on, Destiny. Go put the belt on and do what I asked you to do. 
They can get so rebellious, like not listening, being very disrespectful. I guess they feel that my mom is home now. I don't have to listen to you. No, they have to look at it. You have to listen to me and my mom. I play a role in you guys' life, too, as well as she do. Has your life so far changed as much as you thought it would? It's different in some ways that, you know, I can call her up and talk to her, you know, or I can go get on a bus and go see her or whatever. But it isn't what I expected because I thought she was just going to get the kids and, you know, come take care of the kids. And But it things doesn't work out the way you plan sometimes. It doesn't. Looking at Nishika's family, it's clear that the consequences of prison time don't end when a sentence is up. Family bonds take a long time to repair, which is why some prisons are starting to change the way they work with families. Four hours south of Nishika's family in Chicago is Decatur Prison Nursery and Reunification Unit. Here, mothers can keep their babies with them in prison, and mothers with older children can be part of a special reunification program to build stronger bonds with their children on the outside. <laughs> the prison nursery feels like a strange combination of two worlds, like those pictures where someone photoshops a friend's face onto the wrong body. Everywhere you look, it seems something is somewhere it doesn't belong. The area is filled with women in blue uniforms, inmate numbers dangling from their chest and babies in their arms. On one wall, a mural of cartoon ducks, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, have been labeled with pink post-it notes, so they are renamed after the prison staff. One of them is the warden, Susan Creek. It's very strange for me to open a door in the morning and go into my office and there to be babies there. The warden even embodies a strange clash of worlds. She has a tough stare and wears a black guard's jacket. But whenever she passes a baby, she gets a goofy grin. I spent almost 18 years working in the men's division. <laughs> I'm not sure I can even explain how different that feels. Um, for for the first few months, I really had to stop and tell myself, oh, okay, you, you still work for the Department of Corrections. You are still inside the prison, but there's a baby there. What do you say to the people who say, gosh, you're hurting these babies, but you're keeping a baby in prison? It's awful. What What's your response to those folks? The only thing that a newborn baby... I think is uh, is very aware of or concerned about is whether they're being cared for and loved. And um, they just know that, that, that mom is there. And there is no doubt they're getting all of that. Do you know how much mommy loves you? The warden introduces me to Casey. She's 20 years old and gave birth just a few days ago. Oh, her name's Kimora. It's a strong name and she's a strong baby. She's got big, big eyes, and she's got the perfect little nose. That's my family's nose, my side, my mom's. She, take, she looks just like me. She's got her dad's feet. I despise his feet, but she got them. <laughs> you see? <laughs> but other than that, she's perfect. Casey is incarcerated for selling drugs. The father, the one with the ugly feet, is also incarcerated. So they're not allowed to communicate, even by mail, even about things like the birth. It's supposed to be in the newspaper today where I'm from, so hopefully he'll get those within the next couple of days and he'll know. But I wasn't able to tell him myself, which sucked. She's nine days old, so, you know, and he doesn't have any idea that she's born and she's beautiful. Since giving birth, Casey spends three hours a day in drug treatment and counseling 
and the rest taking care of her baby. Okay. If we have breast milk, we store it in here, which is with my roommates. She's a milk machine. Today, Casey is feeding her baby, and for the most part, it seems pretty normal. But there's a constant reminder that she is inside a prison and her choices aren't entirely her own. Every time I go to feed her, uh, we got to write down how many ounces we give her, what time we fed her. With breastfeeding, we got to do it too. Like, we just come out here, we'll write down how, how long she was, we fed her on each breast, and then they'll sign it. She says having a bureaucracy involved in every little aspect of motherhood can get overwhelming. But she's been surprised at the benefits of raising a baby around other women. Like the first couple days when I was breastfeeding or whatever, like I was completely drained. And they were like, we're taking the baby for a couple hours and you need to go rest and stuff. If I was at home right now, you know, I'd probably live by myself. I think I'd be (laughs) just a wreck at home, like, you know, wondering if I'm doing everything right and changing their diaper right, everything. It's just a completely foreign thing to you if you haven't been around it. One of the women who's helped Casey is AJ. She's part of a separate program on the E-Wing, the Reunification Program. Women in the Reunification Unit watch the three babies while their mothers are in drug treatment. None of the Reunification women gave birth here. Instead, they have older children who don't live inside the prison but can come up and visit their mothers in their room. We're getting ready to make this birdhouse, and he's going to take it home for his grandma. AJ's son, Cole, is 12 years old. Today, they are sitting together at the craft table. Well, look, we can do um, the front and back red. Cole can't be on tape because his mother, AJ, doesn't have parental rights to grant permission. But he nods his head in agreement while his mother, AJ, tells me about him. She says he especially loves to come on Saturdays and be around children of other women in the program. Yes, he's got their phone numbers. They email each other back and forth, and yeah, he's become close with them. So in some sense, he's also gained a community of being here by having folks who are going through similar processes as him, yeah? Yes. Yep. And he gets sad when he sees them go. Yep. Do you, uh, do you think that your family's going to stay in contact with some of the folks from here when you leave? Yep. And plus they call back to Miss Creek a lot. I mean, some people call within the first couple of days, like, oh, we miss you, and, and uh, let us know what they're doing, going to college, got a job. Do you think that would ever happen in a normal prison, is that they'd call back the warden and be like... Never. I would never call back a normal prison, but I will definitely call the A-Wing. And this is where some criticism comes in about prison nurseries. The argument is that these women committed crimes, made big mistakes. It's not fair that women like AJ feel so comfortable when they're supposed to be paying their debt. I ran this argument by the warden, Susan Creek. It's not so much that we're trying to pamper them or spoil them. We're trying to increase their chances of going out and being a productive member of society and and being able to raise their child. And what are the return rates to prison like for these women? Um, To date in our program, the ladies that have actually had their babies here in the program, none of them have been reincarcerated. Compare that to the average rate of recidivism for women, around 50%. Observing the program, I wonder if the good recidivism rates could have something to do with the different way that women in the nursery program are treated. For example, on my last visit to the nursery wing, they are dealing with a conflict between some women on the unit. They keep me downstairs in the visiting room with AJ while everyone else has a meeting. Do you think drama here gets dealt with differently than drama on a regular unit would get dealt with? Yeah, definitely. They don't have meetings on other units. They'll let you argue. Most officers will let you argue. And 
just wait for you to start fighting so that they can throw your butt and sag. But here, you get they get a hint of somebody being upset. They want to know what's going on, and they want everybody to talk calm and sit in their circle. And so it gets dealt with way differently. When I ask one of the guards if she acts differently on the nursery wing, she tells me everyone is different around a baby. It's just natural. It creates hope and a reminder of the future, which can be pretty rare in prison. Eventually, the conflict going on upstairs is resolved. And they let me up on the wing to visit Casey and Kimora. Are you hungry? She's probably getting hungry here pretty soon. <laughs> Casey is holding Kimora in her arms. And even when she talks to me, she is still looking at her baby. I understand a bit about what AJ and the guard meant. When you see a woman with her baby, you see that she's needed. You just can't miss it. It reminds you that most of the people behind bars will return back to our communities and families. And whether or not they are able to live up to it, most of them will be needed by someone. A child, a parent, a neighbor. It gives a sense of urgency to the question, how will we return them to the world? Kimora furrows her brow. She looks like an old woman the way that babies can. Casey places her hand gently on Kimura's head. I couldn't even imagine, you know, the women that are pregnant and have to send their baby home, but I'm happy that she's here with me and I'm in this program because it really is a blessing. Like, I don't, I can't even explain it any other way that it's just a blessing to be able to have your baby with you. And it gives you, like, a whole new outlook on life, so <laughs> I'm just going through a lot of changes. <laughs> so... You're listening to Time on the Outside, a special FSRN documentary produced by Shannon Heffernan. Please stay tuned. The prison nursery only serves mothers, because in our society, women still usually take on the burden of childcare. But most of the people in prison are men. Shaquan's father is one. I do want to have a relationship with him, but it seems like that's never going to happen because he's incarcerated for life, life. Shaquan is 16 years old. Unlike mothers behind bars, fathers are rarely primary caregivers, so their incarceration is often kept a secret. In Shaquan's case, his mother told Shaquan that her new boyfriend was his father. But recently, Shaquan and his mother started fighting, so she sent Shaquan to live with his father's mother, a total stranger to Shaquan. That's when he learned that his father was in Statesville prison for a murder he says he didn't commit. Seeing for the first time, it was kind of shocking. He looked just like me, but way older. He's like 33. I didn't really feel anything. I just... I was just there. Shaquan learned that the history of family incarceration started with his grandfather and great-uncle and continued to the next generation, where his father and two uncles were also incarcerated. Meeting his family for the first time, Shaquan had some of the same questions I had. How does a family end up with so many people behind bars? Does having a parent or sibling in prison mean you're more likely to go too? So Shaquan became a bit of a partner, interviewing his family members. Interviewing Paula Daniels, my lovely grandmother. Um, 
What was your first, your first encounter with the prison system? When I was like, 13 or 14, 1962 or 63, my brother was arrested for stealing a garbage can top. His race played any part of that? Him being arrested for a garbage can top? Uh, actually, uh, my neighbor, uh, whose garbage can it was, was Caucasian, and uh, he didn't like us being in the neighborhood with him. Overall, seeing all, like mostly your whole family, you know, being involved with the prison system, how does that affect you? Uh, it seemed like one went to jail for a crime, and then it was just a ripple effect that just kept going each generation. Because we had from my um, uncle, brother, to my husband, then my children. And it was just so many it made you look like what evil that was uh, plaguing your family. When me and you were separated, you know, because my mom married my stepfather, yeah, and because my dad wasn't, my birth father was incarcerated. But did you miss me? Well, you know. I thought I had lost another son, so to speak. Part of my son who was taken from me with the system, and I thought it was just a double loss. So, and uh, how is this transition of meeting your dad's side of the family? You've seen quite a few people you knew, you didn't know were your relative. Have you seen pieces of yourself that you didn't know exist? Well, I gotta admit, it's kind of weird, cause it's like going somewhere where you. Don't know the people, but you connect with them. And seeing my dad for the first time, yeah, it was like seeing myself. So it's weird. Seeing himself and his family has been hard. You often hear people say that children of the incarcerated are more likely to end up in prisons themselves. But there's never been a study to back that up. Still, the stigma itself has a real impact. When people hear about my dad being incarcerated, I think they do, you know, think I'm going to go that route, but they'll look at me a funny way, and then I have to look at them again and say, hmm, got to watch you. Shaquan is determined to break the cycle, but first he has to understand how the cycle impacted his relatives. On Shaquan's third visit to see his father, he invites me to join him with his grandmother. Well, we're at Statesville, and we're about to interview my father. about going to see my son. This is the waiting room. There's a, a wall of lockers. and Big hall. bricks, little windows. There's a window with the guards in it. That's where we got to walk through the metal detectors and we have to be searched before we go and enter the prison. It's crazy. Search to see my father. I really can't think when I come here, though. I can't focus. It's like my mind shuts down when I walk through these doors. I guess because seeing, you know, people in prison, you know, behind bars, can't do nothing with their life, make me don't want to be here. Is there anything you do to try to keep your, make your mind feel okay while you're here? 
just go along with everything. Just do what they ask, you know, give them no problems. We're free, but we're part-time prisoners because of the family. Only way to connect to them is in prison. As long as he's in here, I'll be a part-time prisoner. I get you on that. First question. What were you thinking about when we lost contact for all those years? You no, know, it just just ate me alive every day. Like every day. You know, I talked to your grandmama about it every time I talked to her. You know, I kind of felt like it it might have been a blessing in disguise because I didn't know how to explain it to you. You're a big boy now, you know, I can explain it much better, you know what I'm saying? When you were younger, seeing, you know, Mark and JoJo go back and forth to jail, how did that make you feel? Yeah, I, I, of course I wanted to be like my brothers. You know, my two big brothers in sports. But, you know, you don't set out to try to go to jail. It just was the lifestyle that they was living. And they still, to this day, Wish they would have made me do something different, but like I tell them, I chose to do it. You know, ain't nobody make me do nothing, nothing, you know. Thought it was cool. How have you seen your incarceration impacting your family? Mm. Very tough. My little sister, both of my brothers, my mama, that lady right there. Excuse me a little bit. It's okay. But anyway, when your life become That's okay. revolved around getting me out of prison, it's crucial. And I always tell them, though, I'm going to find a way to make it up to them. But it's a, it's a devastating impact. She don't show it. I don't show it either. But it is. Huh? My first visit here, when I first came, was I what you expected, you know? Ain't no question. Ain't no question, man. You know, it was me. You know, I seen myself all over again, you know. And it it took a a a, a lift, a burden, as if I found some good news of me going home. I got a, I got a question for you. Like, is you happy you back in my life? Oh, I'm too proud. I'm extra happy. Mm. Wanted to see what you was like. Never get to meet him. Well, you know, I met you. Don't remember because, you know, I was still a little boy. But it's good to know you now. That's the only question that matters. That's the only one I want to know. The three of us get back in the car. Shaquan says he never knew his uncles felt so guilty about his father's incarceration. And I ask, 
Well, after what you heard, do you think that having a loved one behind bars can affect a person to be more likely to be in prison? And Shaquan's grandmother Paula says, of course, we all just went to prison. And I realize that focusing on whether or not cyclical incarceration exists misses the point. Because if you have a loved one behind bars, you are already in the system. You pay the cost of visits and phone calls. You spend time in the prison itself. You live with the reputation of having a loved one behind bars. You are already doing a sentence of your own. Shannon Heffernan is a reporter based in Chicago. This project was supported in part by a grant from the Soros Justice Fellowships Program of the Open Society Institute. To hear more stories and see pictures, you can visit the website timeontheoutside.com. From the Jamaican capital, Kingston, St. Andrew, overpopulated, poor, uneducated. We hardly get the basics like healthcare and social welfare. Yo, we need help here. Financial aid made us the bank of slaves. Teenage boys raised in the gangster ways. Teenage girls stuck getting pampers changed. It's a shame it came to this. Streets so dangerous. Cops trained to hit, but still aim and miss. Blatant murder, only a few times accidents. Harassing youth in the garrisons. Innocent prisoners without any visitors It's ridiculous how they keep us trapped in illusion Distractions from the media Lies from our leaders False hope from the preachers They can't reach us This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs yeah. It's the rebel music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch a slug This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the rebel music that runs through my blood Put it all on the line till I catch a slug Everybody want heaven in this hellhole Some of them get lost and sell their souls For a piece of paper Can't even treat a neighbor With respect unless he pay a fee a favor They say we need a prayer Or a Jesus savior Cause we in danger Looking for easy capers Only seen as labor In votes to keep the state up Corrupting people's nature It's not a free Jamaica The system make us suffer on a daily basis Funeral homes got faces of all ages Jailers full of cages It's overpopulated Courts got crazy cases For bail applications The murders on the pavement It's just everyday But it don't face us We're stuck in the matrix And it can't be one man That's gonna change us It's gonna take the whole entire nation To raise up What the f***? You know what I mean? Feel what I'm saying? Like, if we're ever going to see any change, Captain, can't be expecting somebody else to do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves. You know? Just the way of the world. Go for your own. Let's do this. For us. This is all that I do and all that I love. For my fam, my sisters, and all my thugs. It's the rebel music that runs through my blood. Put it all on the line till I catch the slug. 
This is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs It's the rebel music that runs through my blood Let's put it all on the line yeah, I catch the yeah. I put my heart out my chest, put it on track Look at hard facts in my book of all raps The hook is all that, but I took a drawback Cause I could make you dance, but I'll make you think I like these wannabe killers and the fakest pimps In the streets flossing, looking like skating rinks Till they violate and somebody take the pick We can ball over strong as a grace that links This is a song I hate to sing cause I love my people Beware of the enemy, let a brother teach you About the system and all of the other evils Because half of us need deep and nothing legal In a drug country, buy guns when the thugs hungry Blood money got us laughing like death was funny But we're killing ourselves and we're killing our seeds If everybody's dying now, what the future gonna be? We're killing ourselves, we're killing our seeds Everybody's dying now, what's the future gonna be? Yeah, this is all that I do and all that I love For my fam, my sisters and all my thugs Yeah, yeah. this is all that I do and all that I love What's up, everybody? It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman, and this is Direct Effects, The Jump Off, your hottest daily five-minute dose of entertainment and college news, brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. And remember, you can follow us at twitter.com front slash black college, or you can check us out at www.burn1.com. Biz. And on today's show, we continue to get it in with Genuine. His new album, Elgin, drops February 8th, his seventh studio project, and he's giving away a 2011 custom Range Rover, y'all. To enter and win, visit Genuine.com. That's G-I-N-U-W-I-N-E.com. And billionaire media mogul Oprah Winfrey launches her own network, O-W-N. That's right, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Launched this month to huge ratings. Now, let's make no mistake, other than BET and TV One, OWN, that's the Oprah Winfrey Network, is the only other black network in the country. Well, if you don't count ESPN. And despite what some would call a down year, Tiger Woods was still the top earning golfer in the world and the second leading athlete earner in the world this year. And remember, the road to the Black College Final Four leads to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right, the Queen City. For the CIAA Conference Bill, the Black College Final Four. And Toyota's wrapped all around that. And they're giving away a 2011 Toyota Prius and three $1,000 scholarships. All you have to do to enter is visit contest.toyotagreen.com. Now, it's limited to CIAA schools, so you better hurry. Yo, yo, check it out. This your boy, Genuine, a living legend. I'm coming up next. And you're listening to the Burn Network. Y'all know what it is. Keep it locked right here, baby. Being green is about more than just saving trees. It's about economic opportunities, making sure our neighborhoods don't become dumping grounds for pollution and waste, and teaching our children that by living green today, the world they inherit tomorrow will be brighter. That's the message of the Toyota Green Initiative, a program to bring green to our day-to-day lives. By working with educators, HBCUs, and environmental nonprofits, we are spreading the message, and we want you to join us. Find out more at toyotagreen.com. Toyota, moving forward. 
Seeing you the other day, still looking so fine. Hating that I lost what I had in you. We're back in studio with platinum selling recording star Genuine. His new album, Elgin, is available this February 8th, and you can enter and win a brand new Range Rover. That's right, Genuine is giving away a brand new custom 2011 Range Rover to one of his fans. All you have to do is visit genuine.com. Now, the boy has been grinding for 15 years, and here's Genuine speaking on how he came up with the title of his new album, Elgin. I remember that my mom, before she passed, she told me to use my name for something in this business, and I said, now's a better time than any, so let me just come up, just let me just use my name this time, make it simple, you know, and, and, and sweet, you know what I mean? So um, they asked me what did I want to name the, the CD, and I just said Elgin. And they was like, wow, that's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I know they were thinking, I mean, because I know they were thinking, like, I was going to try to come up with something all crazy. And I was just like, nah, I'm just going to name it Elgin. Well said, bro. Keep it simple. That's Genuine in his new album. Elgin is due everywhere this February 8th. And you can visit him on Facebook.com front slash Elgin Genuine. And thanks for the time, bro. And tomorrow we'll talk about where we can catch you live at. Oprah Winfrey's Oprah Winfrey Network, OWN, launched this month to a huge audience. The OWN Network drew enough viewers to establish a firm presence among cable viewers, according to Nielsen Ratings. During the first weekend of broadcasting, the network ranked third among all ad-supported cable networks in the 25 to 54 audience demo. Only ESPN and USA Network ranked higher. And the new original series that will kickstart the new network are the Judds, which follow country music legends Naomi and Winona Judd as they prepare for their first tour in 10 years. Carson Nation with fashion and design expert Carson Kressley and Ryan and Tatum star in the reality series the O'Neills. The OWN Network will be the exclusive home of the best of Dr. Phil and the behind-the-scenes last season of the Oprah Winfrey Show, the top-rated show on ABC Network for 25 years. The OWN Network is available in 80% of homes with cable. Check your local listings, and for more entertainment news, you can always visit EURweb.com. Tiger Woods has once again ended a calendar year as golf's top moneymaker. Despite suffering a pay cut of $48 million after ending his marriage, losing his swing, and failing to win a single tournament this year. The world's number two top-earning athlete topped Golf Digest annual list for 2010 with $74.2 million in earnings. Of that, only $2 million came from tournament purses. The rest accumulated off-course through endorsements and appearance fees. In 2009, Woods dominated the standings with $121.9 million in earnings. He did lose his AT&T sponsorship deal worth $35 million in annual revenues. Woods ended his PGA Tour season without a single title for the first time since he turned pro in 1996, 14 years ago. Despite that, he continues to be a marketing magnet. He is still paid over $60 million annually by sponsors such as Nike, EA Sports, Procter & Gamble, Gillette, Louis Vuitton, and Upper Deck. For more entertainment news, you can always visit EURweb.com. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but sometimes they can be very tough to say especially when your son or daughter wants to talk to you about joining the U.S. Army. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but if you find the strength to say them to your son or daughter, you'll hear the opportunity to create a future that's stronger than you ever imagined, a future full of advanced training in over 150 careers, along with the discipline and leadership skills they need to succeed in any situation. 
add tuition assistance, and up to $40,000 in enlistment bonuses, and soon you'll realize the U.S. Army is a viable option. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words. But if you say them to your son or daughter when they want to talk about joining the U.S. Army, you'll hear the thought put into their decision. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You make them strong. We'll make them Army strong. Paid for by the U.S. Army. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's a wrap. And make sure you follow us at Twitter. That's Twitter.com front slash Black College and Facebook.com front slash Black College. And remember to share us so all your friends can check us out. Until tomorrow, it's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Let's go. You're listening to Direct Effects, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Fusebox Radio.
listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Right here on the fuse box radio. Who walks in a room and fills the room with perfume? She leaves, it seems much too soon. Who uses the moonlight to highlight her features? What a beautiful creature. It's a pleasure to meet you, girl. Tell me who can help you grow and change your clothes. Who can take your bank account and add some more? And make you propose. She's got your nose open, open the door for her. That's what she deserves.
listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Baby, when the band is playing and that solid beat all make you wanna move, make you wanna groove, make you wanna pat your feet. Right here on the fuse box radio.
tell them about this little bit. Let me tell them about this little bit. You may dance good. You may have fast feet. You may dance good. You may have fast feet. But you ain't slick. Your business is in the street. Now look here.
John Judah, and this is your truly big guru, the icon. She'll eat a lot of clever clowns 
Radio.
Forget your aching from the day before Cause today we're going to do that and more Right and here on the Fuse Box Radio Oh, all men holler Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Oh, all men holler Down you go for a working dollar I lead a man a holler Yo, all men holler Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Oh, all men holler Down you go for a working dollar I want the men, the women, and the children too We got a long day out, we got a lot to do We got to cut up, stack up, and load the cane You better bring us salt, cause it look like rain A lead man holler, oh! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Yo! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar A lead man holler Yo! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Yo! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Well, a working man Tried and true I won't ask you nothing That I wouldn't do Well you pay today Is the same as last You work the same Just a little fast I lead man holler oh! All men holler Down you go for a working dollar Yes you holler oh! All men holler Down you go for a Well, I'd like to tell you about yesterday You were right, well, I am proud to say I want every man to try his will I make yesterday look like you were standing still A lead man holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar A lead man holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Our demon Be we mean and the children too We got a long day out We got a lot to do We got to cut up Stack up and load the cane You better bring us show Cause it look like rain A lead man holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar Yes, you holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a working dollar A lead man holler Yeah! All men follow Down you go for a
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
entertainers are the carpetbaggers of our time. I'm forever trying to catch a plane, my daughter under one arm and a suitcase in each hand. And I've seen some very, very lovely small towns. I find them so quaint and interesting. I can't hardly wait to get out of them. This song, I think, expresses the way I feel, where I want to be. There's no place on earth that I'd rather be. Just show me the bright lights, big cities for me. I'll visit the country, I'll even sail out on the sea, but I'll take the bright lights, a big cities for me. I mean, 
Right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
Your hair ain't no longer then So you'll never fling it all back You're afraid to walk in the rain Oh, what a shame who's to blame Don't you ever worry about that Cause I don't mind being black Go with your old mixed up head I ain't ever gonna be afraid Well, you got nappy hair Nappy's all right with me My hair is straight, you see The soul's crooked as can be
Right here on the fuse box radio. Take my advice, I want you to tell. I'm in love with a girl that knows me too well. She calls me brother, that's not my game.
too nappy. Yep, yep, the head is too nappy. But I'm happy.
It's dynamite! That's all the time we have tonight. Join us next time.